What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Born to Rain. It's good to have you with us. This is the first episode of season two. Yeah, we're easing easing into it. You know, nothing heavy today. Yeah. We're just going to be talking about superlapsarianism. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yikes. Um, and there's a few reasons for us calling this the... Uh, first episode of season two. Um, exciting news. Um, as of the airing of this episode on Monday, March 8th, I don't know when you're listening to this, uh, but this episode is premiering on Monday, March 8th. On Thursday of this week, um, I will be hitting the road on a one-way trip to the Moscow, Idaho. <laughs> He's not coming back, folks. Not coming back. But Born to Rain is not going anywhere. Yeah. It's because you're gonna drive down here every week. Every right? every weekend. Thirty six hours of driving. It's just normal for Tim. Yeah. No. Just wake just wake up at two AM, drive straight through. <laughs> and then record one episode and drive straight back so that I'm back for church. <laughs> uh, not quite. No. So I, I get to, um, I'll be starting a new position at a Christian college, New St. Andrews College in Moscow, doing some uh, accounting work up there, uh, which is nerd su- super exciting, having studied that um, in college and now getting to use some of that, but also um, getting to be a part of the work that's being done up uh, with uh, New St. Andrews and with uh, Christ Church uh, up there. Uh, so we've got a, the again, Born to Rain's not going anywhere. Right. The Lord has gifted us with technology that mm-hmm. there is there are means by which we can stay in touch and record virtually from a thousand miles away and Maybe I'll be making a trip back out here, or Jeremiah might be making a trip up to the frozen tundra of Please. Moscow. Please, yes. Um, so. Yeah, no, Born to Rain's not going anywhere. We actually have ideas, plans, dreams on where to take this. We've got big dreams yeah. for Born to Rain, and we're excited about where, where it could be going. Um, so stay tuned for that. We've got a couple of guests in the pipeline, those types of things. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so we wanted you guys to know about that, um, as this is the last episode where, uh, or at least for the foreseeable future where, um, yeah, could be until August. We're sitting across the table from one another. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be different. Yeah. But wonder, it's going to be good. Yeah, I like because we can't interrupt each other over the internet. Yeah, right. There's the little button uh, on the um, the program that we use that says that you can raise your hand. It's like, oh hey, really? I want to talk now. It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn to talk. Would would, would you let me talk, please? Um, yeah, that's what we'll have to do. Yeah, yeah, but it'll be fun. It'll yeah. be good. But if you if you haven't heard of um, New St. Andrews, I mean, obviously we've done several books. Um, from Pastor Douglas Wilson, from the Canon Press uh, people. We'll have an, another uh, Canon Press on Born to Read next week. Um, you know, all, all these uh, were, were well acquainted with um, the, the, the group up in Moscow. Um, 
many of our listeners may not be so familiar with it, but um, we're trying to introduce some of those things, some of the, the treasure trove of knowledge that, that comes out of there. Uh, but they're right on the front lines of some serious cultural engagement. Um, mm-hmm. Many people had heard um, it made the rounds earlier this year of, um, oh my goodness, not earlier this year, it was last year. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. It was um, late, late 2020. The people that got arrested doing psalm sings, mm-hmm. um, that's the church I get to be a part of. Um, the uh, the bathroom advertisement. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of exciting stuff um, going on where uh, the, the motto is all of Christ for all of life. Um, so For all of Moscow. For all of Moscow and all the world. Because yeah. we're post-millennial, so mm-hmm. it start start small, grow big. So it's a little college town up in northern Idaho, um, the the frozen tundra up there. It's basically Canada, yeah, almost. Uh-huh. Um, especially, I mean, you know, you got Canada that's imprisoning pastors now, and you've got uh, Moscow trying to uh, ticket and arrest psalm singers and sticker posters and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so you've got, you, yeah, you've got. Um, well, Canada and Moscow are actually a lot similar, and they're starting to look like the other um, Moscow, <laughs> a little <laughs> a little across the pond. <laughs> yeah, maybe even a little worse. <laughs> yeah, uh, that Moscow hasn't been that bad for a while. So <laughs> yeah, man, it must be something in the water or something. I was reading uh, the sticker thing about how Doug Wilson's grandsons and sons are being indicted for literally nothing, and I was like. I read early rain covenants, early rain covenant church out of China. I read all their reports when they drop them mm-hmm. and some of the stuff and like how they, how police deals with them. It just was eerily similar. Yeah. It was eerie. Like I hate to be that guy. It's like, we're in communist China. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there was some creepy similarities in how that situation went down and how early rain covenant church is treated in China. It's yep. kind of weird. Those, those worldly secular governments, don't have any new ideas, right? <laughs> they, they, they come up with things, um, and anybody who's willing to take a, a firm stand against the world system um, is going to get pushback. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's if you just take a stand. Uh, and right. then you've got people like uh, Early Rain Covenant Church or Christ Church up in Moscow that are um, not just standing against those, but pushing back. Right. Let's, let's march forward. Um, and, and aggress not, I mean, aggressively. So, you know, the, there's, um, there's an element to which, you know, this is a battle. We're called to battle. We're called to put on the spiritual armor. That's not because armor is comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's because, uh, we're called to a battle. Uh, and there's no, you notice in the armor section that Paul gives, there's no, no piece of armor for any part of your back, the back side of your body, mm-hmm. because you're, we're not called to run. Don't don't expect to retreat. We're not called to be a private religion hidden in your house, singing little songs. It's yeah. not what we're called to. We're called there. There is a time for encampment, for regrouping. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But full on retreat um, is few and far between for the kingdom of God. Right. Um, and that's only to regroup and advance again mm-hmm. because we are post-millennial. So we believe um, 
the church will prevail. The gates of hell does not prevail against God's church. Um, and so if we've been given a promise that the the gates of hell don't prevail against us, well, let's march on the gates of hell. Let, right. Let's let's mount an attack. Let's let's do it. Um, right. That that doesn't just happen um, uh, by chance. That happens when God's people um, take His word and say, "Let me live it out. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do it. <laughs> let's go get them." <laughs> yeah. Um, because a lot of these cultural things that we're we're witnessing right now are um, you know, they can be, they can feel like real defeat. You know, you've got, um, the pastor James Coates up in Canada that's, um, you know, in prison until May, um, until he gets to hear his trial for holding church services. You have the, the sticker debacle, you have the, uh, early rain covenant church, um, that's has pastors in and out of prison, like on a, on a rotating basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's like, but what is the ministry hap- what what ministry is happening when they do those things the gospel is actually going forth and the church the worldwide church is being built up from those things um, and so it's a it's a beautiful thing to see that even in, in good times there's time to sit down and you know uh, talk about uh, superlapsarianism versus sublapsarianism versus supra versus infra, you know, all that. Um, there, there's time, there's times to do that. Let's, okay, let's, let's sort out our theology. Let's get some, um, basic, uh, let's get our, our, our ducks in a row. Um, but then there comes a time when that prosperity, that, that peace and calm goes away and it's like, okay, it's time to take those, uh, ducks that we put in a row and put some armor on an armored duck. I need somebody to draw that picture for me. An armored duck. <laughs> an armored duck. <laughs> we got our ducks in a row, and now let's march them. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like ducks. I mean, when Scripture calls us sheep, it's like we're not we're not exactly the most intimidating group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the twelve apostles were not the most intimidating group of guys, um, but God sent them out to to turn the world upside. But yet everybody's afraid of us. Yeah. So it's Moscow, a, Moscow government and police are panicking. Yeah. China is panicking. Why is Pastor James Coates in prison? Because they're scared of us. They really are. Yeah. Whether they'll admit it or not. Right. It's, it, there's a real fear because they ultimately know that they can't win. Mm-hmm. That there's nothing, there's nothing to win um, here. So, so let's talk about strategy real quick. I just want to. Let's do it. So we already kind of went over regrouping. Mm-hmm. We, we we believe that regrouping is a good thing with the intention of infiltration. Don't regroup for the intention of isolation. Yeah. So to regroup is not to surrender. Right. It's, those are two different things. It's a it's a it's a strategic move. Kind of like Geneva. In the in the Reformation, Geneva was a place where Calvin was pumping out theological works. Mm-hmm. It was a printing press, you know. <laughs> I don't know if they actually had a printing press, but it's just a, what, the metaphor I'm using. He was just pumping stuff out. And people were like, wow, this Calvin guy in Geneva. Oh, I'm about to get persecuted. I'm, I'm moving to Geneva. And so in Geneva, you had a bunch of different churches, a bunch of different languages. Uh, it was a thriving church. Why? Well, these people were regrouping to Geneva. It wasn't so they could um, never do anything else. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so they could be, you know, in their little haven 
there's almost an endless stream of martyrs that came out of Geneva. Yeah. I mean, John Knox went to Geneva, same reason, but he went back to Scotland and reformed Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. People would just go to France and die. (laughs) It was almost a constant stream of martyrs from Geneva out. So regrouping, think about it militarily. You need a base. Yep. And where's our base? In the time right now in America, I would be hard-pressed to say where our base is. Mm -hmm. We don't really have one, but we need to make one. Well, and especially that's because the, the American church is so fractured on so many issues. Some... Uh, some very important theological issues, uh, others on practical, you know, ecclesiology, ecclesia, what would it be, ecclesiastical um, uh, issues. So you you have a lot, you have a lot of these things. It's like, you know, some people will go, you know, the these different churches, you know, they're not my brothers, they're not my brothers. Eh, the, that group is all right, and and that, you know. Baptists and Presbyterians can't get along, um, you know, Pentecostals and uh, Southern Baptists and, uh, you know, OPC, PCA, you know, there's, just, it's just a, a whole big mess um, where we haven't been able to see. And I think what, what we're seeing with this cultural crisis that we're, we're witnessing right now is some of those um, practical, you know, form of church government type thing is going to have to be put on hold to really engage the the real enemy that's that's at our door right now not even at our door that that, that we've let in um, it, it's inf- we've been infiltrated um, and that's why we don't have a base um, is because we we didn't recognize that we needed one <laughs> um, uh, I, I got to play a couple weeks ago we played risk um, the board game and you know when you play risk and you go and you're supposed to conquer the world uh, but if you're not careful you spread yourself too thin and so you can go conquering other territories and then somebody else can come in behind you and wipe out those territories that you didn't uh that you didn't leave fortified mm. um and i think that's what's happened in america as we started as a christian nation you know the, the early puritans really took over and had this really nice stronghold um but quickly spread out, and the worldliness uh, kind of comes in and starts going, oh, but you left this unguarded, and you left this unguarded, and you left this unguarded, and kind of infiltrates uh, slowly but surely um, to the point where we realize that we spread ourselves too thin. Mm. Mm. And so then we end up with so many different you know, programs and ministries, and then uh, you know, the, the ministry of the church, the quote-unquote church in the world became outs- became decentralized out of the context of the local church and went into um, apologetics ministries and ex- uh, not extra, well, I guess extra-biblical, but... Um, all these parachurch know, para- ministries. Parachurch organizations, that's the, that's the word I'm looking for. Right. Um, all, these, all these parachurch uh, ministries get pushed out to being the, um, the the central focus of the Christian engagement of the culture. Um, and there was, there was some valuable teaching that came out of those ministries, but the primary, uh, the, um, 
the primary use of those apologetics ministries and of those parachurch organizations um, is not the way God called his church to operate. Um, and so the, the building of his church kind of um, got put on the back burner in the, for the sake of um, faux um, cultural engagement, mm-hmm. um, which ends up, it, it, there's, no, there's no rock to stand on. Right. So historically, we need, we need that. And then we know how we lost it. Mm-hmm. So would you say that it's a, a good thing, a good desire for a Christian to want to help be a part of or build a base? Oh, yeah. You know, like kind of you look at like what Michael Foster is doing in Batavia, Idaho, Idaho, Batavia, Ohio with I never realized how similar those states are in name. Anyways, uh, you see what he's looking at, what he's doing in Batavia, Ohio with East River Church. And he posted the other day, I want East River Church to be a sanctuary church. I'm trying to build a sanctuary county. Mm. And he has his podcast, County Before Country, which is coming out on the Canon app. I'm so excited for that. Uh, but you see what he's doing. He's desiring to build that base. And is it, would you say, it's a good desire for a Christian to want to be a part of a base, to want to build a base? And if so, why? Yeah, I think... Um Building a base um, because we have lost a few battles, particularly in the cultural engagement. Um, There is a time for regrouping and particularly to heal some wounds. You know, doing battle with the culture brings damage to yourself. You have to recognize that, you know, the Lord protects his, his people. Um, but battles are still messy. Um, and so there does come a time where those, those places of refuge can be to say, okay, let's get you healed up. Let's get you patched up so that you can go back again. Um, it, it centralizes, um, it it centralizes back on the fellowship of the church. You know, what does, um, uh, what we, what we read of, um, the early church, um, doing we know the acts 242 they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine fellowship breaking of bread and prayers Mm. and so um those were gathering together and so the fellowship is an ongoing fellowship you know I, i think a lot of times we think we hear that word fellowship and we think that means a potluck after church or um you know going on a on a coffee meet, you know, we sit down at Starbucks and let, let's sit and talk for a couple hours and that's fellowship. Um, but fellowship is that we're sharing life in common, um, that, that we're all in this together and it's really more of a, a battle. It's a, uh, let, let's, let's build, let's build up together. Mm. Um, one of the things that we talked about in one of our really early episodes with, uh, Jeremiah Wheelersburg, um, was that building as the best critique. And when, when we can sit here and talk all day about how terrible the, these fortresses of darkness are, and we're called to, as Christians, to pull down those fortresses, um, everything, that's, everything lofty that sets itself up against the kingdom of God. Um, but we can't just do that willy-nilly on our own. Like, you, you need to be arm-in-arm with other people. 
Um, and so, uh, you know, building a fortress, uh, a launching point, an attack point helps to, to say, okay, here's how we're going to go do this. Um, let's, <laughs> let's everybody get on the same page so that no, you don't have anybody going rogue. Um, that, okay, here, here's, how we, here's how we do this, um, and we're all doing this together. And our primary way that we do that is gathering together on the Lord's day to worship the Lord, to break bread, um, and to have real fellowship um, w- with one another. And that's not possible when we're spread so thin um, that, that we, don't know who we're, <laughs> we don't know who we're supposed to be fellowshipping with, and we don't know who um, those who are supposed to be watching over us. Um, if, if you can't identify who those people are, um, th- then that fortress uh, isn't really a fortress either. Um, so building that sanctuary, uh, the sanctuary city, sanctuary county, uh, sanctuary, you know, fill in the blank, what is it? Um, outside of the context of the local church, um, and a strong, founded on the apostles' doctrine, um, a church without those things um, is not going to be successful, ultimately. So there's nothing wrong with somebody who wants to move to one of those places to be a part of that? Well, I would certainly hope not. Otherwise, um, I would be indicted. Um. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm just, I'm guessing, this is just how I think, but I'm just anticipating objections. Well, you're running from a fight. There's nothing ungodly about running. Paul was let down out of a window, out of a basket to run from somebody. P- Peter says in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 40, uh, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham tells his nephew Lot, get out of Sodom and Gomorrah, leave. Right. I mean, there's nothing ungodly about running. As a matter of fact, it's commanded in many instances. And I would say we're living in a time where it's wise to run. Mm-hmm. And, and, and depending on where you live, it's, it's a wise decision. Yeah, you, you, need, you need to have somebody that you can lock shields with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's admirable to want to go take on the, take on the forces all, you know, all by yourself. It makes for a really cool picture, you know. Think of that, you know, from what the um, the Karate Kid, the like Avengers Endgame, where you've got Captain America standing alone in front of Thanos and his massive army. It's like, yeah, that's a really cool picture, um, but you're gonna you're gonna get whooped, right? And what makes that more exciting, you know, not to harp too much on a a a movie analogy, but what gets really exciting is when. those people, the you know, the people show up um, from behind Captain America right. to fight with him. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like the Riders of Rohan. You you go, yeah, I want to root for Captain America yeah. by himself. Uh-huh. Um, I want to root for this guy. He wants to stand and engage the culture by himself. Uh, but look at the person who's willing to say, I'm going to work with the local church as um, as um, as God called us to. Right. And the as soon as those reinforcements come, as soon as you ally yourself with those reinforcements, you know there's no shot in at losing. That you, you're gonna uh, you're, you're gonna win. Um, it was our episode a couple of weeks ago um, when we read the the Chesterton quote. Um, it's it's the most divine thing on earth um, that got that, that we're able to peek into the heavenlies of fighting a losing battle and not losing it. Mm-hmm. That's that's where we're that's where we're called uh, to be. Um, and it's exciting, though, to have uh, people that you can uh, lock arms with and, right. and let, let's, <clears throat> let's do it together. 
Right. And I think we need to uh, regain a, a biblical vision of what our faith is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Is our faith just an ism that I have a quiet time in the morning about, or is it a city? Mm. Because the Bible never calls our faith an ism, mm. but it does call our faith a city. Mm. It does call us a nation. It does call us the ecclesia, which is, yes, congregation assembly, but in the context, uh, everybody who used that word knew very well that the parliament or the legislature of Rome was called the ecclesia. It's a very public, very public entity. Yeah. So we're called to be a public legislation. We're, we're called a city. We're called a nation. We're called citizens. What is, what is our faith besides an alternative way of life in every single way? So, so t- for somebody to want to be a part of something where... Um, they're fleeing persecution in a few years and going to something where they can help build the city. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's commendable. And I think we need all, I think we should be sending our best talent there, you know, <laughs> to prepare a place. Like we need a Geneva to flee to in a few years. Yeah. And then to branch out from there, the goal is not to, to no, stay yeah. and, and be there forever. Um, but after the dust settles, after the dust settles, but you do when a storm is coming, you know, there's, there's a point where, um, the enemy has, has rallied itself against us right now. And we're seeing that in our culture right now is they're they're rallying everything. Cancel culture is in full swing. Um, the, 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 the gaze has been turned on Christians in particular, and it's not always overtly pointed at Christians. It's often pointed at, um, you know, words are used like homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic, you know, all these things, um, that are, that are, um, pointing to, to this thing. That's like this really ugly thing. Um, and you know, it's like the, the Scooby-Doo thing, you know, let's, let's pull off the mask here and see who's under the, you know, they, yeah. they call it homophobic and you pull it off and it's, oh, it's Christianity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that That's really who they're, they're trying to attack. Um, and, and they'll use different names for it. And if, if we're not paying attention, we, we miss that. Oh, well, that was attack. That was attack on me. That was attack on, uh, Christ and his church. Um, but they just used a different term pretending like it was something different. Um, and so we have, we have to be on guard and paying attention uh, for those things, because uh, otherwise um, we will get caught uh, blindsided and it will uh, hurt us out. So um, we've got uh, smart phrases for stupid people. And when we come back, I do want to kind of bounce off of our proverb for the day um, and talking about some of those alliances uh, that we make. You stupid. They're not. What's nine plus ten? 21? You stupid. Well, we've come to that part of the episode again, where we discuss smart phrases for stupid people as we work our way through the Proverbs of Solomon. Um, We've got a little bit of a longer one today. 
you know, a lot of the Proverbs are just one verse. Um, but in this case, our proverb is, um, what is it, nine verses. Um, let me use a more modern translation this time. So you don't get tripped up? So I don't get tripped up. There's a lot of these and nows in this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just reading it, and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can make it through all 10 of these <laughs> verses in the KJV. So, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10 uh, through 19. My son, if sinners entice you, don't be persuaded. If they say, come with us, let us set an ambush and kill someone. Let's attack someone, some innocent person just for fun. Let's swallow them alive like Sheol, whole like those who go down to the pit. We'll find all kinds of valuable property and fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us and we'll all share the loot. My son, don't travel that road with them or set foot on their path because their feet run toward evil and they hurry to shed blood. It is useless to spread a net where any bird can see it. But they set an ambush to kill themselves. They attack their own lives. Such are the paths of all who make profit dishonestly. It takes the lives of those who receive it. Mm. There's a lot going on. Here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the, I guess the basic message is, hey, don't run with the wrong crowd. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's tempting to be in with the cool kids, but you need to have that contempt for the cool. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what the cool kids are doing. doesn't matter. Just you cannot get in with the wrong crowd. When you think about what's the what's the benefit, you know, it talks about setting, a, setting an ambush uh, to trap, to kill. Um, uh, the, this, this is the CSB that I, that I read from uh, saying attack some innocent person just for fun. Um, as like, um, we would, I think the modern nomenclature would be bullying. You know, mm. it's that um, look at the innocent and attack them just just because it's convenient or easy to, to attack that person. Mm. Um, I think uh, we, we find this strength is appealing. Um, and so an exercise of strength over a very weak person um, on the surface can seem like fun. And especially for men, um, is that I, that ability to uh, look strong um, is enticing. And so this is a father and uh, warning his son, saying, "Hey, you got to watch out for this. They say do this for fun, but what happens to them? They end up killing themselves. They they set a trap and they fall into it. And they they say, let us swallow them up alive as the grave, and whole as those who go down into the pit. Mm-hmm. So basically, what they're saying is, let's go do this." And essentially, they're anticipating the question, what if we get caught? Mm-hmm. We're not going to get caught. We're going to swallow them up alive. And this is, the, this is the thought process of all sinners. We're not going to get caught. Mm. That's what they think is going to happen. They, they think there's no chance of them being caught. They're going to hide all the evidence. They're going to delete all their history. They're going to delete those text messages. They're going to uh, hide it. But it never works. Right. And then they say, come cast your lot with us and uh, uh, let's all have one purse. So what they're doing is communism. <laughs> yeah, essentially it's communism. It's socialism. And what they're doing is they're stealing from you. So yep. when they're enticing you and saying, come with us, they're trying to take away your private property rights. Mm-hmm. They're trying to take away what you have and make it theirs. Yeah. And, and what ends up happening is if it's cast in your lot, they're mitigating their risk. 
Because if you come in, you invest with them, yeah, you you join in with them, they're gonna they're gonna work to make sure that you take the fall, yeah. um, because they're they're gonna try and um, weasel their way out of um, taking responsibility for their own actions. So they're trying to set a trap for somebody else. They're gonna fall into it, but they're trying to rope you into it to be their fall guy, um, the wise, the innocent, the 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 Christian um, that's been instructed by by his parents is gonna throw in his lot. Um, with the wicked and it's going to be he's going to take the fall for the wicked and the wicked is going to try and walk off free um, right he says that their feet run to evil mm. I like what Matthew Henry says I'm just going to read it real quick he says the way of sin is downhill mm. so the way of sin is downhill men not only cannot stop themselves but the longer they continue in it the faster they run and make haste in it as if as if they were afraid they should not do mischief enough and were resolved to lose no time. Mm. They said they would they they said they would uh, proceed leisurely, but that will find that they are all in haste. So it, it they portray as like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. But they're not it's not fun at all. Right. Uh, all, all these yeah, I, first thing that comes to mind is all these rap songs and movies that glorify the criminal life. Well, I come from a family that has a lot of former criminals in it, and it's not fun. Right. Whatever, whatever Peaky Blinders makes it look like, whatever, it's not leisurely. It's it's hasty. It's stressful. It's yeah. uh, horrible. Because at any point, that wicked lot can turn on you. Right. Because you, like I said, you end up being the fall guy. Um, yeah. If you don't, as soon as you step out of line, as soon as you don't agree with the group with the wicked lot mm-hmm. um, you're you become the fall guy right um, and i think the root sin that matt henry kind of closes off with is so are the ways of everyone that is greedy mm. so you you think you're you think this isn't you check your heart because if you if you're greedy you, this is where this is where you're headed it's, the w- it's wild because he's talking about murder right for most of these passages and then his conclusion is um the King James says greedy. The the CSB says uh, those who make profit dishonestly. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, I would. You don't necessarily always equate um, being a, a scammer with being a murderer, right? Yeah. But the proverb is is linking the two together. Mm-hmm. He's saying these two these two are inseparable. Um, so pay attention and don't fall in with the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. He's like basically warning you against mobsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, Really, really, what it is. Yeah, he's warning you against the wrong hedge fund. Yep. You know, Got be it. careful with your investments. You, you can't. Your money belongs to God. Your wealth belongs to God. What you do with your paycheck matters. Yep. Your greediness is not gonna. The way of sin is downhill. Your greediness is not gonna say stay innocent. Mm-hmm. So, don't fund wickedness. Mm, no vice funds. Mm. All right. Well, this has been another episode segment of um, smart phrases for stupid people as we work through our uh, work our way through the book of Proverbs once again our passage this morning was um, Proverbs 1 verses 10 through 19.
All right. So as we come back off of talking with, talking about casting your lot in, what what does your money speak? What does your time speak? What does your your effort speak? Who do you want to ally yourself with? So Mm -hmm. we've been talking about, uh, in this episode, talking about building a fortress, having a Christian... um, base, a harbor, you know, uh, a, a way, a, a way where we can encamp and, and regroup. Um, how important is it to find those people who are like-minded with you, um, mm. and, and make sure that you're, you're allying yourself and, and actually putting your money, uh, casting in your lot with the right crowd. Mm. Um, what, what are your thoughts there as far as, um, allying yourself exclusively with Christians with, um, you know, uh, how, how much, how much does that, uh, influence our, our cultural engagement, who we allies ally ourselves with? My, my initial thought is, uh, Matthew, I mean, not Matthew Henry, uh, Solomon says, do not cast your lot with the wayward crowd. So he, so he's prescribing you to go to great lengths to not align yourselves with people who you shouldn't. Hmm. I would take that the opposite in the, that's the negative defining of the principle. The positive defining of the principle seems to be go as far as you can to align yourselves with those who you should be aligned with. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, I would say I, I would like to live my life in a way where I am aligning myself, casting my lot with those who I agree with the, as most as I can. Mm-hmm. So I try my best to do that. I don't pay for Netflix. I don't pay for, um, hardly anything i do have some subscriptions i have subscription to canon app uh because i'm supporting that and i mm-hmm. to be honest i when i bought it i didn't realize the value it had i was just doing it to cast my lot with the people who i wanted to cast my lot with right uh same with cross politic when i signed up for it i was like eh, i'm just i'm just trying to support you're sitting here wearing a fight laugh feast shirt huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah i got a shirt out of it that was the best part yeah. but that i kind of try to live my life like that i think there's but here, here's one I'll chuck back at you, non-financially, but theologically. Mm. How far should we go to cast your lot with somebody with the same crowd theologically? Because I've been hearing a lot of, in the, in the cultural moment that we're in, a lot of people are saying, you know, church government has to take a back seat, all this stuff. Is, and of course, there's truth to that. But if you have a church that is near you, that you agree with more, should you go to that one? I would say, yeah, I think you should try to cast your lot with those people who could, because unless you're going to say ideas don't have consequences, I think you should try to cast your lot with those people who you agree with more. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, and I, you know, uh, the, the, those issues of, of, you know, something that has to take a back seat, um, I think is, is important to recognize that there are secondary issues. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it ultimately kind of comes down to a matter of degree, um, where, okay, if you're in a if you're in a town where there are so so few um, uh, theologically sound churches, you go, okay, what is the most theologically sound church that I can get to, right? Um, feasibly, you know, not everybody's in a position like I'm in to be able to move a thousand miles. Um, to, to a town to, to align myself with a church um, that I align with theologically. 
Um, not everybody's in that position. Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes you do have to make a, uh, uh, make best with a bad situation. Um, and that, that's not a criticism of any, any church. That's, that's not a, you know, uh, I'm not trying to lob a grenade at a, (laughs) (laughs) at at any movement or, or church or anything. Um, but there, there does come a point where, you know, if you're, if you're just in a, a really dry desert, uh, of a, of a city, of a, of a, um, a region, um, where you don't have anybody to align yourself with, you have to, you have to get as close as you can, um, and, and deal the hand, deal with the hand you're, you've been dwelt. Um, one of the other things that I, I think has been interesting and we haven't, we really haven't touched on it a lot for a while, um, is that idea of gravitas and influence. Mm. And, and the idea of um, a young man or even an old man um, having an exercising influence first in his family, but then in his local church. Um, obviously, you don't want to go in guns blazing. We just talked a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. cage stage. <laughs> uh, you don't want to go in um, trying to pick fights with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, know, you don't want to go in and cause a church split over... You know, this <laughs> over Calvinism, over Calvinism, exactly. <laughs> um, but you do want to say, okay, start asking some questions. Um, okay, yeah. because if this church is, um, if the church that you're in and you have no other options is compromising, it needs to be addressed. You, you have to deal with it because those are the people that you're fighting with, and you don't want the you don't want the people that you're fighting with um, retreating when you when you feel like you should be advancing, and you don't want to be. Uh, you know, uh, trying to to go rogue and say, "Oh, here's how our plan of attack should be," um, even if you're all in the fight and willing to engage in the fight, and one person goes off and goes rogue, it can cost an entire battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to still make sure that you're on the same page with with the engagement of the of the culture um, and tearing down strongholds together. Now, right when there comes a point where real essential issues are being compromised, then it's really time to, to, um, to step back and go, okay, are we really actually on the same team? It looks like we're trying to preach the gospel and win souls and, um, you know, march on the gates of hell. But then every time a a social issue comes up, we nuance the heck out of the gospel to sound an awful lot like whatever the world is pushing. Yeah. Um, Dies the death of a thousand qualifications. Yeah. Those those are things to be, you know, let those raise major red flags, um, and I really think um, from from the heart of somebody, you know, who wants to shepherd and lead and care for God's people, um, I think it's really important that you don't just go um, straight to, well, you guys have failed. You're not Christians. You're not this. Is like sometimes it's it's a stumbling of misunderstanding rhetoric um, and wanting to go, okay, let's, maybe this person didn't actually mean this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in their thousand qualifications, let's drill down through the qualifications and say, what's really at the heart of this? You know, no nuance. Tell, tell me what you believe um, so that we can, we can sort through these things. Um, yeah. You don't need to be writing a, a treatise right. like John, John Knox, God bless him. But you're not John Knox, right. so just chill out, uh, deal, do the best you can with the cards you've been dealt. I like how you said, ask questions. You don't need to be guns a-blazing. If you see a problem, address it. 
in a winsome manner. If people don't like you for that, then that's their problem. Right. But do the best that you can do to influence what you're in and try to make it as agreeable to the scriptures as you can. Mm -hmm. But recognize it's not your job to do that necessarily. Right. You can try your best, but the results are up to the Holy Spirit. The result is up to to the person who's building his church. Yep. So do do what you can, but rest your head on God's sovereignty and leave the rest up to Him. Yep, and it's that, that's a perfect a perfect point. Um, that it, it's ultimately God's God's responsibility to do these things, um, and we're called to humbly follow. Um, and I would say, you know what what's the old the old song, um, though none go with me, still I will follow. Mm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, you can't always get everybody to see things your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't, that doesn't mean that they're uh, less of a Christian. Um, it doesn't make them a bad Christian, even necessarily. Um, uh, it just means that the Lord has called you to walk faithfully before him. And he's he's made each individual with gifts and skills to be able to uh, edify his church. Um, and so we're called to to do that as he's as he enables us. And so we want to be uh, careful that we're not criticizing other people for not engaging culture, for not um, going to battle the same way, you know just use those same uh, pictures. You know, those word pictures are, are often very helpful. You know, when you go into a battle, not everybody is using the exact same weapon. You know, if you look at some of those medieval, um, uh, you know, battles and stuff, some people are going in with swords. Some people are going in with spears. Some people are going in with axes. Um, you know, to each their own. You know, that sometimes that's just based on how their body was built. You know, am I more effective with a sword or with an axe. Am I more of a gimli or a legless? <laughs> exactly, bow and arrow. <laughs> um, um, so we we can't go can't go into a battle going. You're using a battle axe and I'm using a sword. Therefore, you're bad. I was like, mm-hmm. Well, are you being are you being effective? Um, are are you are you dealing death blows to the enemy? Um, and primarily, I'll back this up even more uh, just to take it to a personal practical level. Um, dealing death blows to the enemy first and foremost means dealing death blows to yourself. Um, you have to be dying to yourself. Um, you have to be putting to death the sin in your own heart. You're not going to be util- you're not going to be useful to the kingdom to the kingdom battles um, if you're not being um, if you're not <laughs> dealing with the enemy um, of your own flesh. Right. Um, <clears throat> and no matter how good your theology is. You know, you you could have, you know, you get to heaven and God will say, you know, your doctrine, you a plus, but you kind of sucked at everything. Else. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's the la- that's the last thing you want, right? Um, and so you want to you want to be both of those things, right? Um, yeah, so need them both. They're two pillars. Yeah, one of them goes and the whole house falls. Yeah. So it's been said, Tim, you align yourself with Moscow and you close a lot of doors. <laughs> uh. What do you think about that? That's probably true. <laughs> what do you think about um, somebody who listens to this and is like, Moscow, what's that? And they Google something and 
you and I both know the first things we're going to see on Google. Yeah. <laughs> what, With, what, without getting too far into that. Where would you, where would you um, point them to? Um, we'll get to this in the Proverbs one day. I think it's in like Proverbs 17, so it might take us like 30 years to get there. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> one thing is uh, the first to... Uh, the proverb says, uh, the first to present his case seems right until another comes forward and questions him. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, one, one Google search, we've said it before on the podcast is, um, one Google search is not sufficient, uh, to do theology. Um, you know, you can't, oh, we talked just in our last episode about the date of revelation. You can't do one Google search and go, oh, Irenaeus wrote and said, um, revelation was written in 95, therefore, automatically that's that's correct it's like that's that's terrible scholarship right um and um so you want to be careful of um just believing the first report the first google result um so um hear hear out both sides um and then be shrewd um evaluate the fruit of of what's uh what's being done what's being said um, are, are those things, um, actually, uh, are the things that are being said tilted, slanted, um, intentionally slanderous, um, and what's the fruit of the, the actual life, um, is the fruit, um, good, bearing, um, bearing good witness, bearing good testimony to, to God and his word, or is it actually being, uh, problematic and, right causing more problems than it's worth yeah that's that's the that's the thing right there because you can read both sides and you know encourage people to do that do that but what does jesus say about controversies they say well john the baptist is called a jesus says look john the baptist they call him a legalist me they call me a drunkard and jesus says so how do we deal with it he tells his disciples you will know wisdom by her children mm-hmm. what, what are we producing so you can read both sides, you can, and do that because I believe it's very clear that most of the slander is not true, um, all of it, I think. Well, I think um, technically slander is a lie, like yeah, by definition. That's true. That's redundant, <laughs> isn't it? It's, <laughs> but wisdom, you know, wisdom by her children, mm-hmm. and it's on, it's on. Nobody's gonna look at Moscow and be like, yeah, there's nothing going on there. Like, no, there, there is, except I am worried about one thing, Tim strip clubs in churches i don't <laughs> i don't know how i feel polls i i think that's mark marching on the gates of hell <laughs> and turning profane buildings into holy buildings there you go <laughs> um, it's yeah dri- drive out the darkness take over um uh, uh yeah turn turn things from darkness to light um, yeah expose the deeds of darkness and um and shine, shine the light of the gospel in, into those things. So I love it. Um, <clears throat> we, we can, we can do it. Um, we're, we're not fighting a losing battle despite how it looks. Um, and so, you know, we're not, we're not advocating for everybody to just up and move to Moscow. Um, there, there is some strategy to, um, you don't want to <laughs> totally pull the rug out from under, you know, where we're at in Denver, you know, pull out a rug, um, from under Denver. Denver's already the most unchurched city in America. It's like, 
when, when I read that a couple of years ago, I don't know how, how true it is. I mean, it's probably still pretty true today. Uh, but, but, uh, Colorado is like an extremely secular, um, state. Um, oh yeah. And so the, the battle, the battle here, um, is intense. Uh, it is, um, I don't know that it's intense. It's kind of just like watching somebody beat a dead horse because <laughs> like we have nothing to fight back with yeah. <laughs> at this point. Um, That's why we need a base. That's why we need to be yeah. uh, sending stuff out. A, a little bit of regrouping never hurt anybody. Yeah. Um, unless regrouping becomes surrender. Um, right. And, you know, I think there, there comes a point where, um, you know, sometimes we're the ones that get to be on the attack. Um, and making great advances, and sometimes it's the enemy that makes the attack, and we have to uh, weather the storm. Um, and I think what we're what we're staring down right now in our culture is having to weather a storm mm-hmm. and, and be ready for that. But when our opportunity comes, when our turn comes, um, we have to be ready to march. Right. Um, I I think that's something that needs to be considered mm-hmm. in in decisions. I don't think it should be merely about salaries and benefits mm-hmm. or views. I think it. I think the coming storm should be the first and foremost factor, because uh, what did Lot Lot wanted to stay in Sodom? Why? Because it was beautiful, mm-hmm. but there was a coming storm that he needed to leave. Yeah. Because of, so I think that that's a factor that everybody needs to consider, but people are going to come to different conclusions and and whatever, but that's that that it really can't be ignored. And there was value, you know. Lot, lot for all of his failings is still called in the New Testament a righteous man, mm-hmm. um, and so you just look at him and go, okay, because he left. No, he, he was he was in Sodom. You almost get this idea that he he wanted to reform Sodom. Uh, he wanted to have influence. He was found in when when the angels come into Sodom. He's sitting in the gate, so he had influence. He had authority in the town. Like he, and then he's called a righteous man in the New Testament. So we look back and go, he was trying to do the right things. Um, he got tainted by the world. He got sucked in by the world. That's where our proverb today was, you know, don't get sucked in by the wealth, uh, of the, of the surrounding nations of the, of the wicked. Um, but God gave us bodies. God gave us jobs. We're supposed to trade in real money. Um, you know, so, so we're, we've been given material things to live in a material world, but we have to recognize that our citizen is, our citizenship is not derived um, from this world. And so our reformation is primarily spiritual. And we do so through um, spiritual means that look a lot like physical means. Um, and so allying yourself with the right people, um, you know, uh, not yeah, say, saying the right things, doing the right things, um, utilizing your resources well, um, for the kingdom of God, recognizing that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, uh, but against principalities and powers, mm-hmm. um, uh, taking every thought captive uh, to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. All I'm saying is don't be Lot's, Lot's son-in-laws. Because yeah. when Lot came to him and shook him and said, we got to get out of here, and they laughed at him. Yeah. And then what happened? They well, died. They died. Broke so toasty. if somebody wants to say, you know, I've considered it, and I think I'm, I'd rather die where I stand. Okay, admirable, but don't be the don't be the laughing nephew of Lot. Don't, right. I mean, son-in-law of Lot. Don't do it. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it needs to be considered. Yeah, um, 
flee, fleeing the battle shouldn't be our first priority or our first thought when things get difficult. And that can often, that's often a temptation is that when the, when the, when the going gets tough, um, the wimpy get running, <laughs> <laughs> but the tough get going. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's which direct, which direction are we going to run? Um, and so, um, you know, uh, pay attention, L- look at where God has placed you now. Um, what battle are you, uh, supposed to be fighting today? Um, and where is the, where's the strategic place that God is calling you, uh, to be, where, where are you going to be most effective for the kingdom? Mm. And, uh, a lot of people might be surprised to find out that the most effective place that they can be is looking at their home and their children, mm-hmm. loving their wives, uh, respecting their husbands, children obeying their parents, uh, parents raising their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, and it will it will lead to more effective kingdom work outside the home. Mm. Well said. Well, thanks again for joining us. This has been another episode of Born to Rain, episode one of season dose. Yeah, we eased you guys into it, okay? Just light topics, but we got some heavy stuff coming <laughs> uh, in the coming days. So we're excited to have you along with us. Um, Denver, it's been real. Um, don't be strangers up in Moscow. Um, we'll be fun to, to see what the Lord has coming for us in the coming days. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.